Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of the book of Acts. This week, the spotlight is on the remainder of the day of Pentecost. Following the supernatural fulfillment of the gift of the Holy Spirit, Peter delivers his first sermon to a large gathering of astonished Jews. Please listen to Pastor Jim as he teaches today's slice of this week's message entitled, Will You Call on the Lord? Now, there are several uses of Day of the Lord, as, as I said, but I think you'll do fine if you think of it as the great and glorious Day of the Lord begins with the next event on God's calendar, the rapture of the church. He removes His people from the earth. Then the 70th week of Daniel, the, the tribulation time building up to the second coming of Christ and the millennial kingdom on earth the great white throne judgment and the setting up of the new heavens and the new earth. Roll all that together, stick it under the label, the great and glorious day of the Lord, and I think you'll have a pretty good understanding. So, another observation about this extended quotation from Joel is that Peter stopped before the part where Joel predicts the final redemption of the nation of Israel and the judgment of all nations. Now in Joel, it's the end of a chapter, but forget the chapter break. That wasn't there when Joel wrote it. And Peter stopped there. So all of those prophecies given through Joel will be completely fulfilled when the kingdom comes. And Peter's saying, here's your sampler. Here's your, here's your, your, your little appetizer of what is to come. Now, it is quite easy to get caught up in dissecting this use of the Old Testament in the New Testament by Peter. Uh, people argue about what is fulfilled, what's not fulfilled, what is merely pictured, what might be fulfilled in different ways at different times. Some people use the terminology prefillment and fulfillment or partial fulfillment and total uh, fulfillment. I'm trying to figure out all the nuances of Peter's use of the Old Testament. And I say, you know, enough ink has already been spilled, enough bandwidth has already been chewed up on that. Let's just get the big picture here. I urge you to see what Peter did with this quotation. He is saying, the new covenant has arrived. The old covenant is now obsolete. Christ is beginning to build His church. And when we get to the end of this sermon, oh, wow, what a kickoff day for the beginning of the church, the body of Christ. Um, God is still calling Jews. The message is still the same, repent and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. But now those believing Jews are going to be united into one new creation, the body of Christ. Otherwise, God is showing that He he is indeed fulfilling the promise that a partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles comes in. 
That's the way it's worded in Romans chapter 11, verse 25. And so what Peter's saying is, guys, you know there's this plan. There is going to be the kingdom on earth. You know that Jesus was, was crucified and buried and he rose again and he ascended to the Father. That wasn't what you were expecting without a kingdom on earth. But this is the unrolling of that plan. And you are here on a crucial day in all of history to witness this part of it. Wow. Peter is telling his people, men of Judea, you locals, all you who live in Jerusalem, no matter where you came from for the day of Pentecost, this is exactly what God has planned, and God's plan is in full force. It's on schedule. Jesus is the Messiah. He is the King. The kingdom of God is coming. Now, it isn't coming right now in the earthly manifestation you hoped for. You don't know the times or the epics which God has, has, has determined, but now you have the Holy Spirit, and you will be my witnesses, just as He said. So what's Peter saying? Guys, this is really important. This is not a bunch of drunks, as you suppose. This is from the prophet Joel. This is God's plan. And number five, this is about Jesus. It's imperative we don't stop without the next two verses. Verses 22 and 23. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Again, he's saying, okay, quiet on the set. This is important. This is super important. This is the most important part of what's so super important. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus, the Nazarene. Okay, go ahead and stick a dagger in him. He's from that hick village up in Galilee. Jesus, the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed him in your midst, just as you yourselves know. He did a lot of those miracles right in Jerusalem. He did even more in Galilee. He did more over in Perea. He did some around the Decapolis. He even did some on Gentile turf. Everybody that heard anything about Jesus had at least heard of the miracles, if not witnessed them. And of course, the leaders of the Jews said, all by the power of Satan. Well, this man delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. Peter is saying, get the message Get the message. This is the next step in the unfolding of God's plan of redemption. It's not a shock. Well, it might be a shock, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't without being predicted. And make no mistake about it. I know you heard that sound and wondered if a tornado was ripping through this side of Jerusalem. If you were close enough to see it, you saw what looked like tongues of fire resting on all 120 of us. I know you heard about the mighty deeds of God and you heard them in your own language from people who don't know your own language. This is glorious. But make no mistake, this is about Jesus. You cannot ignore Him and have any part in the kingdom of God. He is the one and only way to God, the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but through Him. Don't sneer about His 
roots in Galilee, even if you think there's nothing there except a bunch of uneducated rednecks, don't dismiss the, inter- the eternal significance of all those miracles and wonders of signs which God performed, all of which attested to Jesus' deity. Don't forget it was your spiritual leaders who rejected Him and delivered Him over to be crucified. And that's why God is now turning primarily to the Gentiles. This was all done, remember, it's connected, according to the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God. Predetermined plan is a combination of two Greek words that means that God marked this off as His plan according to His own counsel, which He set before the foundation of the world. One of the words here in predetermined, uh, our word horizon comes from it. Horizo is to mark off the horizon. That's where we're going. You know, you're driving across a long, long, straight, flat road, and there's the point at which your vision runs out. You can't see past it. God sets the point where the road is going to take us. This is the plan of God. And don't mistake it, it all runs through Jesus. There is no hope for anyone who rejects Him. It's the one plan of God. Now, this Jesus, who came, who was the king, who is the king, who did all of those great miracles, he was delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God. And what happened? You nailed him to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. We'll come back to that phrase in later sermons. But understand, this was also according to the foreknowledge of God. Now, predetermined plan, setting from afar off what the horizon is. Foreknowledge of God. Foreknowledge is a fancy word that means to determine a relationship in advance. A lot of people really cop out on what this word means and they get it very wrong. Foreknowledge does not mean that God pulled back the curtains of time looked into the future, and saw what was going to happen. He knows that all the time. Knows the beginning from the end because he lives outside of time. God doesn't have a tomorrow. It's all now. Let that percolate for a while and you'll have smoke coming out of your ears. Now, some people who chafe at the Bible's teaching of the doctrine of election, which says... God chose who will be saved. Some people don't like that. They fight against it. They argue against it. They reason against it. They make up all kinds of things against it. Well, they say that the foreknowledge of God means that He peeked ahead and He saw who would choose Christ, so He chose them according to that foreknowledge that he gained by looking into the future. Now, I understand why people say that. They don't think it's fair that God chose. They don't, they don't like that idea. Some of them extrapolate to say, well, that means that there's some people that absolutely can't be saved, and the Christ didn't die for them, and the Bible never says that. He calls all men, everyone, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. So don't overstate what that says. The doctrine of salvation, a doctrine of uh, 
Election is the only explanation why any of us sin-cursed pea brains ever did come to faith. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.